Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ah, listeners, there you are. Just wondering where you've been. How's things? What's going on? All's well over here, let me tell you. I have been on a massive exploration around the Australian outback this week. And can I just say, I've been meeting members of the LGBTQ plus community in the Australian outback, which has been such a joy because the Australian outback, I'd never been before. I mean, it's huge and then it gets huger and then it's even huger. And the whole point of this podcast is we're supposed to be this uniting thing for people who are LGBTQ plus and... Even right now in England and other parts of Britain, there's so many different rules about what you can do, what you can't do. Coronavirus has totally starved us of our central hubs where you can go and meet other queer people. But transpose that into the Australian outback where trying to meet people is even more few and far between. It's been so lovely to meet people and talk to them about trying to find love and all of that. It's been such a joy. And I think what's really cool about being queer is you're on the other side of the world and you are part of a club you meet someone and you go hey and you're like i know you you know me we've got a dialogue we have an understanding about each other and that has been such a little piece of home away from home so that's just been an absolute joy what else has been going on well all i can say is i got i had to go in the outback you have to get all you have to wear all the right stuff But there's a lot of flies, and this isn't just Bug FM now that I'm in the Australian Outback. I just give you all details of, like, a spider or a snake that I saw. I'll skip over that, but I will tell you that I now am the proud of a fly net for my face because there's so many flies in the Outback, which came as a shock to some of the members of our team. And I have got the whole linen look now. When I arrived, everybody laughed at me. I looked like such an amateur. But yeah, so that's been my week. I felt like a sort of 50% explorer, 50% tourist, which isn't too bad, is it? There's been a birthday, so trigger warning. I went out to a bar. That was lovely. And also, it's Adelaide Fringe here. So there's loads of brilliant, like, queer cabaret stuff going on and all of that. And actually, Alan Cumming, he is the creative director of the Adelaide Cabaret Festival, which I think it's in June, beginning of June 10th or something. So there's a whole heap of great, exciting queer stuff going on in Adelaide, actually. It's really, really nice to see. 
Um, Mary's Poppin, the gay bar here, continues to be my North Star, where I've gone and I've met so many wonderful people. And really nice to talk to people about their experiences of being LGBTQ plus here, because they have expressed versions of how it can be hard. And uh, having places like Mary's Poppin has been a really lovely thing for them to have. And how nice that these places are open for people to gather and gather again. And they did great drag shows and stuff. I love it. So happy. Anyway, this is Homo Sapiens Extra, isn't it? What is Homo Sapiens Extra? I hear you cry. Well, it's where we read your emails. It's where we read your feedback. It's where we hear from the listeners about their feelings about previous episodes. The last episode we had was the lovely Tom Allen. It was such a lovely chat with Tom. And you have all been kind of sharing it on Instagram and messaging, saying that it really struck a chord with you. And I think I'm really pleased to hear that because he strikes a chord with me. He's a really lovely, cool, thoughtful person. So we do that kind of thing. And then we do topic of the week. This time we're talking about sport and gender in sport. Do we think sport should be moving towards becoming gender neutral? Or is that a crazy idea? Well, you have all been writing in and you've been sending in your voice notes and you've been contributing on the survey we've done on Instagram, a little poll we did. And uh, mm, I'm going to say the people are divided is all I'm going to say. And I'll be calling GB and England hockey player Kate Richardson Walsh for a chat to get her take on the whole thing. Now then, shall we head over to some emails? A new listener, Les, has been kind enough to get in touch. I am new to podcasts, but enjoy yours. Les, that is lovely to hear. Thank you so much for picking us. Make yourself at home, please. There's nibbles on the side, drinks around the back. Let me know if you need anything. I love the extras too with emails and film reviews. Hello. We are definitely going to be delivering. I am 63 and retired, living six months in Cork Island and six months in Northern England and have been with my same-sex partner for 30 years. Les, my family are all from Cork. And when I went to Cork uh, for a work thing, I walked into this bar. There was a party going on there and every single person in there looked like my mum. I was like, oh my God, because I'd never been to Cork with my mum. We had been to Ireland separately, but not together. Back to Les. Keep up the good work and making me smile whilst being educated and informed. Les, kiss. Ah, Les, thank you so much. What a lovely email. I'm pleased to hear that we have been a great entry to podcasts for you. Now, we've got another message from Thomas about said Tom Allen episode I was just talking about. Really enjoyed the Tom Allen episode. You covered so many topics and I didn't want the interview to end. But thanks, Thomas. I agree. I didn't want the chat to end either. Really related to the discussion around fancying people that you'd never stand a chance with. In in my teens and early 20s, I'd have really intense feelings for straight friends. Well, interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there, right? I think there's something in that because I think that I don't want to talk for you, Thomas. Um, but I think that like when you're growing up and you're young and if I mean, when I was young, girl, you didn't want to be gay. I didn't want to be gay. So uh, you would sort of romanticize straightness. And then when you sort of come to terms with being what you are, you actually stop doing that. But I wonder if it's partly to do with that. But yeah. I mean, I also think it's good to fancy people that you don't think you'd never stand a chance with because, do you know what? As my friend Ben says, you've got to shoot your shot. And there's no reason why you shouldn't stand a chance with anybody if you're a nice person. And you know what? You never think you're going to get the person. I never thought my husband was going to fancy me back. Did I lunge at him, listeners? Maybe. And uh, he did fancy me back. 
Now, Robbie Kay's been in touch now. Guys, I finally got round to listening to your Melanie C podcast back in December. Ah, oh, the delight. This is our chat with the delightful Melanie C. I've literally been lay on the sofa in the dark for the past hour or so, just feeling like I'm there with you. <laughs> I'm one of the biggest Melanie fans and it just felt so organic and beautiful. Thanks, Robbie. That was a really fun chat. I loved, uh, loved chatting to Melanie. And, um, it's quite funny because we had such a giggle and we're having that whole conversation about like we were going to be her manager but then she was going to sack us that was very funny ah now okay cheska's been in touch about the liz carr episode yeah liz carr is you know one of those amazing polymaths very talented but she is a big talker on the concept of assisted suicide and how she thinks assisted suicide is the thin end she calls it the liberal wedge you know she feels very strongly that actually we shouldn't be offering disabled people assisted suicide because it's about positioning their lives as not as important as any other life obviously i'm praising there but very very interesting so this email from cheska a little bit of a trigger warning talk about suicide and things. Dear Christopher, just wanted to say what a lifeline the podcast has been for me this year. It restores my faith in humanity, which in these unprecedented troubled times, that's Alan's phrase, is needed at even more regular intervals than usual. Um, Cheska, I love hearing that because that's sort of what we hope to do. We hope to be, a, a, you know, a support for everybody. Also wanted to mention that Liz Carr changed my mind on the subject of assisted suicide. I love it when someone argues so persuasively that I question my own position. So do I, Cheska, and literally, that's the whole point, isn't it? I have been a staunch supporter of the right to choose, where possible, the time and manner of one's own death, and still feel that is an important human right. My sister, for example, suffered decades of chronic pain and the loss, one by one, of all the capacities that made life worth living for her. She had always said that when she had as much as she could take, she would end her life, and she wasn't open to any kind of psychotherapy that might have alleviated aspects of her suffering. She took an overdose a few months before her 60th birthday, and I could only respect her decision. But that is very different from legalising and thus normalising assisted suicide. An assumption that life is not worth living for some demographics will inevitably be internalised by some members of that demographic, who will begin to regard their own lives as worthless when they are anything but. Thank you for bringing cheer and new perspectives into so many lives. Lots of love, Cheska. Oh, thanks, Cheska. And thank you so much for writing in and sharing that with us because that's really, really heavy. And um, I'm, I'm pleased that we have been in any way, shape or form a support. And thank you so much for writing in. Now, we love hearing from you. So please, heavens above get in touch write to us on hello at homo sapiens podcast.com or get in touch and stay in touch with us on instagram which is at homo sapiens or on facebook at homo sapiens podcast now i think it's time for some lgbtq plus news don't you this is from attitude Members of European Parliament have voted to make the European Union an LGBTQI freedom zone. Now, I read about this in the paper and I wanted to include it. I actually thought it said LGBTQI free zone when I first read it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, here we go. You know, you start climbing aboard your high horse. It's not. Um, the symbolic resolution was adopted yesterday by 492 votes in favour, 141 against and 41 abstentions. The move follows rising levels of homophobia and transphobia in EU member countries like Hungary and Poland. In the latter country, there are more than 100 LGBT free zones where so-called gay propaganda is banned. 
LGBTIQ persons everywhere in the EU should enjoy the freedom to live and publicly show their sexual orientation and gender identity without fear of intolerance, discrimination or persecution, MEPs said in a statement. In the UK, Liberal Democrat MP Leila Moran launched a campaign to get UK towns twinned with Poland to support LGBTQs in the country. Moran told Attitude, recent events in Poland should deeply concern all of us. That's why I launched the Protect Our Twins campaign. The Liberal Democrats won't stand for the suppression of LGBTQ plus people anywhere in the world. Attitude's readers can get involved in the campaign online at lgbt.libdems.org.uk and also help their twins by asking their local councillors to sign up and join and even writing themselves to activists in Polish areas twinned with their own to support them. Well, it's interesting to see that this has happened and really good because I seem to remember me and Will having a conversation about this many moons ago on this very podcast saying it's odd that the EU don't step in and do anything on behalf of LGBT people in countries in the European Union. So it's really good to see and hopefully is the beginning of some progress. Go and have a look at the campaign in that web address lgbt.libdems.org.uk. I really like that twinning idea. And I'm not talking about Mary and Ashley Kate Olsen. Kate? Mary Kate? Ashley Olsen? Mary Kate Olsen. The Olsen twins. Um, joke's never great when you have to sort of reword it four times, is it? If I was lying on a therapist's couch right now, what we would be talking about is regression. I might actually go and lie on my couch as I do this, as I read out your wonderful messages. Is there enough battery in the recorder? Yes. Oh, that's so much better. I tell you what, this flat I'm staying in is really uncomfortable. It's nowhere like comfy to sit. So I've, I'm sort of lying vaguely horizontal on the sofa. Much better. Topic of the week. We're talking about sport. I don't feel like sport comes up to date very quickly. I think I'm right in saying there are still no out premiership footballers. I could be wrong. If only there was such a thing as Google and I could look it up. And I feel like, you know, the gender spectrum and LGBTQ plus spectrum are not catered for in sport at home or, you know, in, in schools or professional in the professional world. But interesting, actually, that the Brit Awards have said that they are going to be reassessing the gender roles for the Brits. And Sam Smith is going to not be able to be eligible for either category because they only do best male and best female and Sam is non-binary and the Brits did I thought a a really good statement saying like we're going to investigate how we can do better and I think that's really interesting because the thing about entertainment is it has always embraced creativity and difference more than more traditional industries and so you know if that starts to come up to date then I feel like other places will have to follow suit. And I think that what, I mean, just talking personally about how I felt about sport as a younger kid, I went to an all boys school, right? So that's a, that's a particular kind of atmosphere. And I didn't come from a family who were into sport. Like I genuinely didn't even know what rugby was. I knew of football because people played it in my street, but like it was not anything I was interested in and normal my family and I didn't enjoy it. And actually, if you're a boy who doesn't fit into that kind of boy mould, it means that you don't want to do sport. And there's no reason why you shouldn't, because sport's actually really fun. It can be really fun. It, it's really good for you. It's really good for your mental health. 
and what happened when I was at school is I just I just completely disengaged and I just bunked it all the time I just never went because I didn't want to get into like basically what what seemed to be like a physical fight on a football pitch for for a ball and then when I used to play sport with girls I much preferred it and I think that it was because it was doing sport outside of the very traditional molds and I know that a lot of you have actually written in saying similar things and we shouldn't be depriving our queer youth the opportunity of being included in these things just because they don't fit into these very rigid brackets of like male or female or even male traditional sports or female traditional sports why on earth should a game be gendered it doesn't make any sense to me so we put the question out to you should sport be gender neutral yes or no should we get rid of male and female categories do you think it would help break down gender stereotypes and barriers or should we keep it as as it is well Interestingly, 55% of you said no, sport should not be gender neutral. 45% of you said yes. So the winner, oh, that's very sporty of me, isn't it? Uh, so most of you thought no. And here's what you had to say about it. Uh, so Joel got in touch. I love this take. Joel said, women's sport is much more entertaining and men would ruin it, which is really interesting because it's a pace thing that people say about women's sport and men's sport and how, for example, like people often say apparently they prefer, and this is probably riddled with um, generalizations, but people say they much prefer watching like women's tennis because it has more flow, whereas men, all they care about is just shoot, shooting one ace as hard as they can across the net. Nick's got in touch and was saying, remembers how he avoided com competitive sports or even running with a friend as he was bullied at, in PE at school. His lasting sporting memory is being picked last for football. Oh, Nick, same here. Like, I was always the last to be picked. Like I was saying, like, I, got, I completely just excluded myself from all sport, didn't go, which meant as a teenager, when you should be running around, and I actually think it would have been much better for my mental health. I, I wasn't. I was smoking in the park behind the sheds. And then it was only when I was, I think when I was like 24, I was really unhealthy. And I was like, I'm going to try and reinvigorate my life with exercise. And I went to see a personal trainer called Haley, and she was lovely. And she took me running and she was like, you're great. You're." She was like, you know what? You're really fast, actually. And you're really good. And no one had ever said that to me. And actually, I am a really good runner. But I just assumed I was dreadful because of this sort of way I shut it away from me at school. And I think so many queer people I speak to have had similar experiences. And then I ended up doing the London Marathon twice in four hours and 15 minutes, which I actually think is really good. Contrary to what I posted on Instagram the other day saying I didn't think it was very good. I actually think it's really good. Do you know what? I got round is more to the point. And I love, love running. And I actually nowadays feel like running is like meditation. I think it's just as good. I went for a run this morning. I mean, I sort of walked most of it, but there you go. Um, Goose has done us a voice note. I absolutely hated football at school. Uh, I had to do it every week with the boys and I'd just do anything I could to get out of it. I think about in year nine or year 10, I had an ingrown toenail, as lovely as that sounds. I made that last for a, a good year so I could get out of it and play badminton with the girls because I just enjoyed that a lot more and I could be with my friends. 
<laughs> yes. And that's it as well, because if, if you're friends with all the girls, you want to go and play sport with them. Good shout with the ingrown toenail. I think I remember once pretending I got lost on the way to PE. <laughs> on the way to PE. I'd been at the school about five years and the teacher was like, where have you been? Because I didn't turn up. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, I got lost. And he was like, what do you mean you got lost? And I was like, oh, I thought we were doing it somewhere else. He was like, we're in the sports hall. How on earth can you think it wasn't in here? The only thing I did enjoy was athletics and gymnastics, I mean. See, I can't remember the name. I really enjoyed gymnastics and like doing, trying to do backflips and vaulting over things because it felt quite artful and quite creative. Eve says, yes, sports should be gender neutral with a big but. It still needs to be inclusive of those who might be disadvantaged based on their hormone level, size and strength or what are the limiting factors they might have. Similar to how Olympic martial arts is weighted. Interesting. Yeah, so you've got to balance it out regardless of gender. Anywhere on the gender spectrum, you've got to balance it out with hormone levels and size and strength. I think that's really interesting. It just feels modern and fresh to me. AC says, yes, definitely in schools, but not sure how it worked out in the Olympics. I remember everything was always so divided apart from tennis. So I loved that. I loved that too. One thing I liked about tennis is they were quite far away from you. So <laughs> just didn't feel like, didn't feel like I was going to thump at any point. Nicholas says the bullies at school put him off team sport for life. Okay, so we've got a voice note from Nicholas. Hey, Homo sapiens. Um, so I went to secondary school in the noughties and my school divided us into genders. So at a time when I was realising that I was a bit different from all the other boys in the school, I was sent onto a football pitch with them and I found that kind of a masculine environment very intimidating and it expose my weaknesses to them and to the bullies who would do things like throw footballs at me or push me over etc call me names like batty boy fatty and when I went off the pitch crying the PE teachers would go and give the boys a pat on the back give them loud points etc while I would be hounded by the teachers telling me to get back on the pitch etc I'm almost 30 now and I am happy to say I'm into my fitness now I've got into it in the past couple of years but I am into strength training and walking mainly, which are very individual sports. You know, that I'm not, I'm not going out in a team um, and the thought of doing a team sport really intimidates me. Even going for a jog with a friend, would I would find quite anxiety-inducing. Um, and also, um, as a result of the bullying in my teenage years, I did put on a bit of extra weight, which I've now lost. I think I lost in a gross spurt at the age of 16. But... The way I look at my body now, I look back at photos from a couple of years ago where I was cap where I thought I was carrying a bit of extra weight, and actually, I look quite underweight and quite frighteningly underweight. Actually, so it's definitely made me underconfident about my own image as well. Oh, Nicholas, I'm so sorry to hear that. That is horrible. What happened to you, and should not have happened. And so, so common. The atmosphere when I was at school was the same as what you're describing. And the reason I'm clarifying that is I don't, you know, hopefully it's not like that everywhere. And I want to hear from people who've had different experiences. That very, very masculine atmosphere that is fine. It's absolutely fine. But it shouldn't be to the exclusion of people who don't come into that. And why should it be traumatic? And why should they be bullying you? And then you're going off crying. And then the teacher's patting the kid's... It's so unacceptable. That just wouldn't be acceptable in any other part of normal life. And I don't know why a football 
creates a an excuse for that kind of thing to happen um so I'm, and thank you so much for sharing that with us it makes me cross actually like i feel this overwhelming anger that something that is really good for you like weight training or walking like you like or any other kind of thing running for me it's about mental health that's the reason i do exercise it's it's to keep my brain in a good place and the fact that you were not you know you were not able to do that because of a very very narrow way that that sport was conducted in a school in a school which their job is to look after you and to make sure you're doing okay that it makes me so angry you know that's for gay men you know let's think about what what that's like for gay women trying to do sport in schools for trans kids it's the the issues are so many layered and i really hope schools are going to you know, start to open up to this and start to include people in better ways. Speaking of which, Dave's been in touch with a voice note, uh, which is sort of the other side of the spectrum. Hello, I rode at university and the categories were open and women's. That meant that women's could have a, a safe space to to row at the highest level they could together, but the open category wasn't exclusive. So inevitably at the elite level, it was the men's category because people got picked for boats based on their fastest times on the rowing machine and their you know, f- other physical sort of parameters. But at a more middle slash amateur level, they were then, you know, the, it was just based on, you know, the, the skill level and quite often our, our better female rowers would row in the men's boats. So overall, I found the boat club was quite a, an inclusive place, but it was just rowing. It wasn't men's rowing, women's rowing. We'd all go down to the boat club together. You know, there was a woman and men's captain to divide the boats up and things, but it, generally we would all socialise together and have a, a shared experience. And I think potentially as a result, we saw a lot less of those sort of toxic masculine traits that you get in things like rugby or football, I guess. And actually we just were more mature and socially gelled group of people that's really interesting thank you dave that sounds so great and like you i know what you mean about the toxic masculinity thing i think that's kind of my issue um and also a really valid point about if women wanted to have a female only space that's also equally as important and it's really good that they could create that for people who wanted to do that or it could be mixed for people who wanted to be mixed that sounds so good and I tried rowing as well by the way I tried every sport I think also what I found as well is like I found I found a lot of these this is my own shit but I found quite a lot of these sports hot so I would sort of try and do them because I don't know what I thought it was hot I thought it might make me hot I think I just fancied the boys doing it actually anyway so rowing boys were always very handsome so I went and tried to do rowing literally I just couldn't do it and when you row it's all about coordination. And I remember just being in these boats with people, like everyone from my class, I could never get in time with everybody else. I get the paddle caught in the water all the time and the whole boat being like, I'll grind to a halt. And like, the whole thing was so painful. So anyway, they made me a cox. So I had to steer the boat. And even that I couldn't do. And they'd shout at me. And then the teacher would be in like a boat with a, a, a jet you know like a motor on the back and he would like zip around actually it was a woman she would like have a megaphone and she'd shout at me and we'd do it in the river thames and i would accidentally steer the boat the wrong way and i'd be like across the whole river thames with this boat and there'd be like big boat big fast uh, motor engine boats coming like day tripper boats with tourists coming up and down the river thames and i would have like got the boat stuck across it was so traumatic i cannot tell you 
I mean, no wonder I just went and smoked in the park. Now I think about it. But I'm glad you had a lovely time, Dave. I'm thrilled to hear that. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I think it's time we phone a friend. Get let's get let's get an actual sports expert involved. Kate Richardson Walsh won Olympic gold for Great Britain in the women's hockey in 2016. And she did that alongside her wife and teammate Helen Richardson-Walsh. And they were the first ever married same-sex couple to win Olympic gold. And they actually came on the podcast many moons ago as a couple. We had a lovely chat with them. So go back and listen to that in the feed if you like. And I'm going to call Kate now and get her take. Kate? Hello. Thank you so much for doing this. We're talking about sport. The first thing I want to ask you is, do you think that more gender-neutral sport would help break down gender stereotypes and barriers? Um, It's a really good question, and it's something I've been pondering on a lot. And the kind of transphobic hate speech, frankly, that's been going on a lot on social media in particular, but in all media around trans women in particular and trans men um, participating in mainstream sport and what that's going to do to women's sport and what it's going to do to sport more generally. And I'm really shocked and appalled as to where that has gone to immediately. I feel it's very centred around an ideal that is not what what sport is about. Sport is for everybody. Sport needs to be for everybody. Mm. And so we need to be more broad-minded. We need to think more laterally about how we can make sport truly inclusive because at the moment we are not doing that Mm. in any way, shape or form. And so it's really tricky because I think every sport is different. I think it's really nuanced. But I think if we start from the position of we want sport to be for everybody. How do we go about doing that? Then I think that is one of the options for lots of sports. Yeah. Um, so in hockey, we have mixed hockey. So um, men and women playing together in an equal basis, in an equal team. And, you know, they take the mixed team, take that really seriously. Now, as a governing body, hockey don't fund it. And UK sport don't fund it in the way, the same way as the men's and the women's teams. But is that where we could go mm-hmm. is that an option is it an extra option that we should have as i said it's nuanced so i did a little bit of work with uh, british wheelchair basketball the women's team and they were talking to me about the professional league for them is in spain that's one of the big leagues and the league there is mixed however because of how wheelchair basketball is played 
every player has a number and that's around their functionality and movement ability in a wheelchair and they can't go over a certain number on the court at any one time. And it tends to mean that only, they only have one woman on the court at any time in those teams. So mm. we just need to make sure that by incorporating everybody, it continues to incorporate everybody and that we don't lose people along the way. That's all I would say. I can't think in a way of what are the valid reasons for it still being split like that? You know, because often people go, oh, well, you know, mm. it's a physicality thing and, you know, but... I mean, that's rubbish, right? Or is it? Again, it's really nuanced in different sports. Physical attributes, different physical attributes will give you different advantages in, in different sports. And some of those will be held on average by women and some of those will be held on average more by men. And mm. on average, and this is when it's really tricky because I don't think science has been particularly great, frankly, at being inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, if you read... Caroline Crane of Curtis book, Invisible Women, you can see how much scientific research has just missed that woman completely. So, mm-hmm. I mean, do we know that on average what the female body is capable of, what the power limitations are or speed um, opportunities? I, I don't know. But I, I, I'd say on average, you know, men tend to still be taller, longer limbs, bigger hands. And I think that therefore can produce more power and more speed on the whole. Of course, it's not across the board, but it will be on average. So I guess that is why I think there is that separation. Again, in some sports that will play out better for women and some sports will play out better for men. Mm. It happens to be that the big media-friendly sports or the ones that we see most on the TV are the ones that are dominated by men. And that, again, comes back to the decision-makers who hold the power what is traditionally seen as sport and who plays that sport. So there's there's loads that goes into it. Yeah. and But it's interesting, isn't it? Because we could move in a direction where it was mixed, but it would have to happen at school and it would have to happen at school across the country, across the world overnight. You know what I mean? It's like changing from driving on the left to driving on the right. Like you kind of have to sort of do it together for it to actually get some traction. I think at school... Lots of sport, particularly when they're really small, like primary school age, I think lots of the activity that they do is mixed because I think physically, I think Mm. um, boys and girls are very similar. And then I think it's probably as you get into secondary school and particularly towards the end, kind of later teens, then I think the the physical differences really start to to show. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it can't work. As you said, if it's embedded at you know, a very early age, and that's what is—that's the way it is. Mm. Then I think that's that is the way it will be. I think that's going to take a massive change and a massive for lots of people a massive leap of faith. I think a lot of people would really struggle with that. Mm. Um, I have this argument every year when they have BBC Sports Personality of the Year. You know, should they have a separate women's Personality of the Year and men's Personality of the Year because yeah, because the number of times oh, interesting. a woman has won it, it's, I mean you can count on one hand. I think it's very few times. Um, and why is that? Is you know, and it's it's not just a, it can't just be about points. We've had so many phenomenal female athletes over the years, but it's about what we are able to see, hear, understand because of what we're able to take in via media mm. um, through the TV and and that all matters. So I'd love it to be mixed in the end. And there's also like what you're saying there about sports personality. Yeah, there's a slightly patriarchal idea of the hero, isn't it? And that is male. And that 
yeah. you know, people think that that's the ideal and actually that's bullshit. When we talk about gendered sport, I often we talk about the, the disservice that we're doing to women, which I think has been done to women. But I also feel the same for men. I feel like it's, it, unless you fit a very narrow mm. stereotype of what it is to be a male athlete, you are going to feel outside, you're going to feel othered and mm. that you don't belong. And that's wrong. There has to be a space for everybody. And if that means we have mixed, you know, there's got to be opportunities for that to happen so that mm. people can enjoy sport at whatever level they want to and whoever they want to play it with. Changing the subject a tiny bit, but I think it would be lovely to sort of revisit because we spoke so much about LGBTQ plus people in sport last time we spoke. How do we feel it's going? What's a little progress report? Are we making any bloody progress? Hmm. I feel like it's <laughs> kind of stagnated. I oh, feel like true. it. Yeah, I do. Uh, I feel like there's a little bit of box ticking going on i feel like mm -hmm. you know in every part of society it's like yeah we'll we'll put a rainbow on that for like one day of the year or a week of the mm -hmm. year and um we'll get a group together and they can be like a task but you know what effectual change are we seeing like what has altered and again for me it comes all the way back to the to the very beginning like are we giving our children a really broad view of the world in its entirety mm. are we really giving them real life are we showing them all different kinds mm. of love um and that's normal and and i and I, I just don't think we are and and for me that's where it has to start because i think we can do lots of great things but i think for me it absolutely has to to start there but in sport i i feel like it's so much same shit different game I, I don't think anything's really changed I don't think we've pushed the needle I think every now and again you get somebody I think that speaks up really openly and passionately I think Megan Rapinoe's I think spoken very openly and passionately about her sexuality about um, transgender people and how we accept them and how we currently treat them in a sporting uh, world um, mm. but really there's, there's, there's very few people doing a lot Interesting. Well, that leads me to just ask one last thing, if you would do me the honour. So we do some agony uncling on Homo sapiens. And I've got a question from one of our listeners who has written in with is a lovely bit of news in the question, but I think you would be very well placed to answer the question. So I'd love your help because you guys have just had a kid, had a baby. Yeah. And this person who's written in, it's a man. He says, just adopted a three-year-old boy. Any advice for gay dads in their 30s with a small child? Mm, how lovely. Isn't oh, that I lovely? Just think that's, that's, I, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost. I think the fact that you're writing that letter and asking that question means you're doing a bloody good job already. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because you're curious and you are thinking about how you can do a great job. And I think that's where it all starts. I think knowing that you just come in from a place of love and thinking about your experiences and how you can best use those experiences to give your child the best view of the world that they possibly can, to give them, fill them with hope show them that you love and accept yourself for who you are and that's the best 
mm. example I think you can ever set our children and, and take them on that journey you know with you I think as soon as they're able and they're on, you can, they can understand I think mm. take them on that journey be open be honest from the from the start and that's what we're going to try and do with the five so we've got loads of different kinds of brilliant children's books on all aspects of diversity you have to really search for them but they're out there oh. um and and I think, yeah, take them on that journey. Make sure that, you know, if they go to preschool or they go when they're going to school, you know, have a chat to the teachers, have a, we had a chat with the with the nursery school, you know, what kind of books do you have? You know, who have you got as your kind of preschool carers? Do you have a diverse a group of people working there? Because it, it matters. We yeah. you know, we want Fife to go up knowing that there is so much lovely difference in the world and that is our bloody gift as a humanity mm. and we have to elevate that and really celebrate that so i mean i think i think yeah, i think he's going to do a fab job oh that's such that. what lovely beautiful advice and do um two little things as same-sex parents what surprised you most about that experience yeah uh, um i mean it's not really surprised me but i think obviously you just get lots of people assuming that you're a friend, that I'm a friend, for example. Mm. Um, and, you know, where's, you know, where's daddy? You, you know, it's just, it's just, it's so ingrained into our psyche, you know, mm. that the books that we read, the Disney films that we watch. And I, it's just, I know it's, I know it's, it's, it's hard for people. It's not their norm. Mm. But that is, is a little bit of like, you feel like, yeah, well, you know, you do when you're a gay person, you come out multiple times on a daily basis. It's just part of the course, isn't it? Yes. And do you have any diverse books that you particularly like? Because I'd love to share one with people if you can remember any. Yes. Oh, it's Ibram Kendi's board book, uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist Baby, is Pfeiffer's absolute favourite. She can't read any of the words, but she just loves the pictures. And we read the words to her. But that is about... Yeah, that's just about um, embracing our difference seeing it not being colorblind actually seeing our difference and talking about it i think mm. that's really is really a really really good book um what else have we got mommy mama and me i think there's also daddy dada and me as mm-hmm. well which again is so then um you get again get to see the difference there mm. um where do i where did i come from what does another one is i think it's something like what does love what what does love look like and again it's all different kinds of you know singles parents mom and dad mom and mom dad and dad three dads two moms and do you know what i mean just every kind of makeup of a family Mm. you can think of they've kind of tried to really cover all the bases because family looks like different for everybody i mean we've got the most dysfunctional family ever and i absolutely love it thank you so much for chatting to us it is always a pleasure to hear your voice Oh, it's lovely to speak to you. I'm, I'm loving your podcast, so please keep it going. I think you two are hilarious. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. And love to Helen. Yeah. And thank you so, so much for coming on. And we'll catch up soon. Don't worry. Take care. Uh, what a pleasure that was. Thank you so much, Kate, for letting me phone you up. So many good points there. So, so many interesting things said. Please keep writing in with your thoughts on this. Let's keep the, let's keep the conversation going. Now... From leaping around the place doing exercise to vegetating on the sofa, it's time for Culture Club. 
What have you been watching? 0402 has been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, both UK and US, both equally addictive. Loads of you have been watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Craven North has been watching Kathy Burke's All Woman series on Channel 4. All men need to be better aware of women's issues. Yes to that, Craven. And oh, that Kathy Burke's All Woman is so good. Something about Kathy Burke, the way that she can just cut through, say it how it is. She talks to people like Megan Bart and Hansen from Love Island. She talks about beauty. She talks about motherhood. She talks to Samantha Morton and Catherine Ryan about their experiences of motherhood. She talks about bisexuality with Skin from Skunk and Nancy, who has obviously been on this podcast many times and we adore Skin. I cannot recommend it enough. Go watch it. Colin Escunchen has been watching It's a Sin, The Great Canadian Baking Show, Please Like Me and Superstore. Deutschland 89 people have been watching. Oryx 2 has been watching that. I loved Deutschland 82. Was that the first one? I've not seen the other one, so um, I'll be pleased to be looking that up. Brennan Girl's been watching Six Feet Under. My God, I could so go back and watch all of that. War of the Ricks has been watching Married at First Sight Australia. (laughs) He says, so toxic, but so addictive. I mean, that is it in a nutshell. Apparently they're going to change it back and make it a bit more like it used to be because I loved Married at First Sight. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's about two people who get married. The first time they meet each other is at the altar and they have to get married and they've been matched by experts. The British one, the first few series, was just all about love and that's why I liked it. And then it's sort of become... It's become very uh, full of twists and people sleeping with other people and shock revelations and stuff. And it didn't used to be like that. It used to be like quite a lovely channel for sort of investigation of what love is and do, you know, does infinite choice of partners actually make it any better for us in this world of Tinder and Grindr and all the rest of it. However, I think I'm correct in saying they have never had a same-sex couple or queer couple of any description on there. I think that some of the individuals have been bisexual, maybe, but that could do with some radical improvement as I'm thinking about it and talking about it and praising it. But I could be wrong. Why don't we the first time? Now, what have you been reading? Samuel Dameron is reading Goodbye to Berlin by Christopher Isherwood. Oh, the wonderful Christopher Isherwood, who also wrote A Single Man, which was that Tom Ford movie, which is just beautiful. And Goodbye to Berlin is what Cabaret is based on. Cabaret the Musical, starring Alan Cumming, no less. And many other people, including William Robert Young. SJG is reading Islamic Art in Context by Robert Irwin. Sam Phillips, 88, is reading Queer, an Anthology of Gay Writing. Oh, that's cool. Eve Karam has been reading Kololo Hill. It's fiction based in the 70s during the Indian-Ugandan expulsion, which I was ignorant of. I also was ignorant of that, Eve. Uh, thank you for bringing it to my attention. I'm going to look that up. Daniel Patton has been reading At Swim and Two Boys. Wayne RSA has been reading Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osmond, which is just still growing and growing that book. Everybody's been talking about it. Siroc has been reading Real Life by Brandon Taylor, just finished Educated by Tara Westover. John in Donegal says that. For my sins, I've read nothing this week. You've been listening to Matthew has been listening to Nick Jonas. This is heaven. I love Nick Jonas. I always find that he's he ends up being like a meme on my Instagram. Daniel Patton has been listening to James Newman. Don't know who that is. And Colin is a unicorn has been listening to himself. Colin is a unicorn. Well, 
pleased to see that. And I love that you all put in, you sent us the actual song. This is obviously a new function on Instagram where you could share the actual song, which is very cool. What have you all been cooking? 042GW says anything with a yellow... anything with a yellow sticker from Waitrose. I am like a moth to a flame with that little reduced section in any supermarket. AC in the city has been making gnocchi. Ooh, now I wonder how you make that. It's basically flour, butter and egg, isn't it? Gnocchi? No, it's potato. It's potato, obviously. Massive ingredient missing, Chris. Reaction has been making beetroot, blood orange and hazelnut salad. Yum! Can you imagine a bit of goat's cheese in there as well? Wouldn't that be lovely? Love the idea of that, unless, of course, Ree, you are vegan, which would not be so good. Colin Escunchin has been doing roasted cauliflower drizzled in tahini, chorizo tacos and chocolate cake. Yum. Roasted cauliflower, delicious. Also, top tip, a roasting a broccoli. Just put a broccoli in the oven and cook it. And then I had this thing where someone, you know how broccoli's like got the green bit at the top? Someone had like smushed pesto all over that top bit, so it kind of went into the greenery. It was so nice. My mouth is watering as I'm saying this. Gregster has been doing an old favourite chilli con carne. Yes, love it. SJG has been eating croissants. Well, I've got a friend who eats a croissant every single day. And while she eats it, her children aren't allowed to talk to her. It's her ritual so that she has some time on her own. (laughs) I love that. Isn't that brilliant? You've made me all really hungry now. I'm going to have to go and eat something. I'm looking at, do you know what I've got? I've got cashew nuts on the side. And then my husband, because he's a delight, he posted me some biscuits. Isn't that sweet? Because um, he knows I love them. So these are these biscuits called Jules de Trouper. They are Belgium. Uh, Almond Thins. They are the nicest thing in the world. I have to say I'm sport rotten in Australia. It's impossible to get a bad meal. And there's so much Asian food, which is incredible. So I've been eating loads of dumplings, like these incredible prawn dumplings from this restaurant called Concubine in Adelaide. There's this other place called Africola, which is on my list of definitely want to go and visit. Lots of noodles, lots of like fresh greens with noodles, really, really healthy, light food. Oh, and then last weekend I had a McDonald's drive through So, you know, it's not all. It's not all virtuous, let me tell you, listeners. Well, all I can say is that has been a complete and utter delight. Thank you so much for writing in with all of those recommendations for Culture Club. Thank you so much for all your voice notes and messages about LGBT sports. Let's keep that discussion going. Next week, we are talking to the absolutely wonderful Alok Vade Menon. Alok is many, many things. They're a gender non-conforming activist, writer, performance artist who does incredible stuff around gender non-conformity and (laughs) so much fun and funny and talks really interestingly about wearing clothes that don't conform to other people's ideas of what different genders should wear and the joy of fashion and if you go to their instagram which is alok a-l-o-k-v menon m-e-n-o-n is a ball of wonderful color and joy i uh, you will just love 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 our chat with them it was such great fun talking and learning about 
their perspective on so many things. It's a brilliant chat. So make sure you tune in for that. And now's the time to do a shout out for our next topic of the week. So that'll be coming up the week after our chat with Alok. I'm so excited about this one. I'm going to be talking to psychosexologist Karen Gurney. She's called The Sex Doctor on Instagram. And we're going to be talking about all things sex and LGBTQ plus sex. We'll be talking about lesbian bed death. Is it a myth or does it really exist? You can find out more about that. We'll be asking the question, does moving in together kill your sex life? How to ask for what you want in the bedroom? And I really want to hear from all of you on this one. Like, What's lockdown done to your sex drive? Has it gone up or down? Do you struggle to ask for what you want in the bedroom? Do you feel shame around sex as an LGBTQ plus person or not as an LGBTQ plus person? Let's open up the discussion. This is going to be a first chat with Karen, but we're going to do so many more because if you don't follow her on Instagram at the sex doctor, she is incredible. Just I learn something every time I see a story that she shared or something and it's great. She just removes shame from sex and I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So please get in touch and send us your voice notes. Send us messages on hello at homo sapiens podcast.com or on Instagram at homo sapiens about that and about anything else that you should see fit to get in touch with us about and thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure an absolute delight to be speaking to you all today loads of love and stay in touch bye now ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Powered by Spirit Studios.